welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Good evening. How much do you think you need to live on in retirement to have a comfortable retirement? Well, I'm going to tell you what the figure is for the UK. First of all, I'll introduce myself, Charles Kelly. Uh, I'm the, the author of the book, Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. And I, I produce these podcasts several a week. And I've probably produced over 250 free podcasts going out on iTunes, Stitcher, and then the videos on, on uh, Facebook and, and YouTube and other platforms, LinkedIn as well. So I do put a lot of free content out there. So I would ask you, first of all, to like and share the content and and subscribe to my YouTube channel so that the algorithms will give it more exposure and people will benefit more from the free content that I'm putting out there. So so thanks for doing that in, in advance. And now, how much do you need? Well, the figure, according to a, a recent study, says that you now need, in the UK, 50 thousand a year right fifty thousand a year to live comfortably in retirement in the uk and i'll explain how that works that is for a couple and the study shows that a couple retiring in the uk now will need actually it's forty nine thousand seven hundred a year to live comfortably and that's an increase on last year of two thousand two hundred due to higher inflation now the organization is called the pensions and lifetime savings association PLSA. I must say, after all my years in in financial services, and I'd never heard of them, but there are obviously some association that have sat down and done these figures, but it doesn't surprise me. And it estimates that what they call a comfortable retirement would include two cars, a car each, right? Uh, Replacing items like major things like a kitchen every 10 or 15 years. It would include holidays abroad and £94 a week on shopping, food shopping. Well, I guess that would be Waitrose, Marks and Spencers going to the, the nice place and, and buying nice things and you know not having to worry about what you pay for them. Then you could also get by on a moderate retirement. This is, the, there was a moderate retirement of 3,600, sorry, 30,600 per annum. And, and then a minimum existence of 16,700 a year. And then your food bill goes down to £67 a week. So I guess you will be going to Lidl and Aldi and, and all the, the cheap stores and Poundland. Uh, but that, that's that's an estimate. Now, these figures are not set in stone. It, it would probably depend on where you live in the UK, um, you know, how much you spend, your your habits. But it's it's not far off the figure you'd need. I'd say the 30000 for a couple is probably the minimum. And these are gross figures before tax. And, you know, with the return of higher inflation now, uh, many retired people actually struggle to meet the bills. They struggle to meet the cost of, you know, rising cost of food, the fuel, uh, you know, council tax, other taxes going up, taxes to to drive into parts of London now and and cities, extra charges and and rail and, and that sort of thing going up as well. I know a lot of them get free passes, but there's all these extra Cost and that is before you start thinking about home maintenance and uh, you know overseas trips and cruises in the sun. Now the the, the moderate and the the the, uh, 
uh, existence retirement, you know, you wouldn't be able to afford holidays abroad. You'd be going to a, a caravan park in on the south coast in in the free, freezing cold. That, this is literally true. <clears throat> now, when I was a financial advisor, I would, I would often meet retired people. And they might have a house, they might own a house. And this is what everyone says, oh, I'll have the house. Yeah, but you've got to maintain the house. You've got to heat it. You've got, you've got to, to repair it every so often. You've got to add things to it. And, and you'd go into a lot of old people's home and, and the place hadn't been decorated for 20, 30 years sometimes. That's why if you buy a house on the open market here and, and you walk into it, you can probably tell the age of the, the person just by looking. Is it a 1970s decor? Is it a 1980s decor? Do you have that avocado green colored bathroom suite that was put in in the 1970s is the carpet the same carpet that precious axminster they bought in the 1980s that that now needs just throwing out you know you can see all these things you can see that the, the front of the house hasn't been painted the roof needs doing this is this is quite common and and you can often see that they're still using some oil fired heating that's that's no good anymore or a coal fire and no central heating uh, old boilers, all, all these things. And this is because they, they've run out of money. They haven't got enough money to, to live well and and pay for all of the, the other bills. So when I was in financial services, you talk to people about this and they, they would say, oh, I can save £50 a month for my pension, but that's all. Well, you're not going to be able to live comfortably on that. You know, £50 a month or 600 a year, that's 10 years, that's 6,000. Even for 40 years, that's only 24,000 you would have put into your pension fund. Well, how's that going to give you a, a decent living? Even if you spent it all without investing it, you'd only last a year or two. So this is, this is the mental. Some of them would say the state would look after them. Well, I've got news for you. The state is running out of money as well. In fact, they've already run out of money because all the money you pay into your state pensions in most countries is not invested with your name on it. It's spent on what? On paying people that are already retired. Yes. So it's a Ponzi scheme, basically. There's no <clears throat> there's no returns on it. It's just money coming in. And then that, that's used to pay people who are already in the scheme. A bit like Bernie Madoff, uh, that, that made off with all that money. Remember? Uh, he didn't have any investment returns. He just churned the money. And when the money stops coming in, it all collapses. And that's, that's what's happening in the West in most of these pension schemes, because people are living longer. They're, they're drawing the state pension much longer than was ever expected. It was it was originally expected they might leave leave two to five years in retirement. Now people are living you know thirty years in retirement in some cases and still going strong. So the money they've paid in to the scheme doesn't even cover their own pension entitlement benefits. By the way, you know when you think when they started putting in when they were earning twenty pounds a week and they're putting in maybe fifty pence into a into the state pension. Well, that's not going to you know, even if you grew that money over the years and even with, you know, in Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett's fund, it still wouldn't amount to much, would it? You know, so the, 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 the state hasn't got the money to keep paying out these benefits to people. And that's why they're pushing the retirements further back. In France, they've had riots over it. Here, they've already done it. Uh, women used to be able to retire on the state at 60, now it's 65. Men now, they're already pushing that back to 67, 68. So it, they've already realized that the scheme is bust. And that's why they're tweaking it all the time and, and taking away the automatic rises in some cases. So don't rely on the state. You've got to row your own boat here. You will get a small pension from the state, but not very much. Now, people who can get a pension of 50,000 would usually include someone who's, who's very high earner, 
has been in a very good company scheme, a defined benefit scheme, or many of the civil servants and government workers who have guaranteed benefits, whatever the economy. Uh, and and then people like politicians like Neil Kinnock, you know, uh, who, who had his pension from being a, an MP. Then he went into some other, he went into the EU. His, 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 his wife and children went into the EU as well. So their pension pot's worth millions, literally two, three million, their pension pot. But for the average person trying to save in the kind of personal pension scheme where you put your money into a fund every month and then that fund grows and grows. Well, what if it doesn't grow? What if the returns are lower than was originally anticipated? And when I was in the pensions industry, you would say to people, well, if it grew at, say, 5%, you'd get this much back. If it grew at 7.5%, you'd get this much back. If it grew at 10%, you'd get this much back. And they say, well, what is it growing at the moment? And you say, well, it's doing about 13, 14, 15% at the moment. So great, you know, I'll get more back. But now returns have gone down because we've had lower inflation over the last few years. So returns have gone down. Interest rates have gone down. So that is affecting the returns people get on pension funds because a lot of the money is invested in bonds and the, the, the yields on bonds are very low. So people are in, in a very, very difficult position. And, you know, many, that's why many have resorted to, to, to buy to let uh, and saying, well, look, I, 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 I just don't trust this pension industry. I don't have uh, enough money to put aside uh, because it's like the old joke. My peak earning years coincided with my peak spending years. That's why I'm broke. Well, that, that, that is true in a way, because, uh, you know, when you, you're earning the most, you probably you've got children at school, you've got university fees to pay for, you've got all these things going on and your mortgage and your house and, and all the rest of it, keeping up with the Joneses, buying stuff, holidays. And then you haven't got quite enough money to start really seriously saving for retirement. And by the time you do start seriously saving for retirement, it's too late. You've lost the benefit of, of growth over the years on your fund. But anybody putting their money into a personal type of pension scheme where you've got a work-based scheme or someone says, look, you're self-employed, here is this pension scheme, you, are, you haven't got a defined benefit. You've got defined contribution. So it's defined by your contribution. And whatever you put in, plus any tax benefit you might get, plus the growth is going to leave you with a, what we call a pension pot, right? And that pension pot will then buy you an annuity or a pension for life of X amount, depending on the size of the pot, right? You're with me so far. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the pension, the pension scheme is designed to build up the pension pot. And when you retire, you get this pension pot. It's different in defined benefit schemes, civil servants and, and that sort of thing. And very few companies now, they, they don't have a pension pot in the same way. But, but let's forget about that, because what we're worried about now is people who haven't got that. And that is most of us. So when that when you get that pension pot, the company then says, right, congratulations, you've reached retirement. We will give you, uh, based on this pension pot, we will give you an annuity for life, or you can take a smaller annuity and take out usually about a quarter of it in tax-free cash. And then the rest will buy you an annuity. And you say, well, how much will that give me? What is an annuity? Well, annuity is an income for life or a pension, it's sometimes called an income for life. So you give them the money, they give you an income for life. That income usually dies with you. There might be some period of guarantee. It might pay out for you 100% until you die and then your partner or spouse, and then it will pay out maybe half of that amount until he or she dies. So there is um, some flexibility there, but generally speaking, the annuity dies with you. So the insurance company calculate how much they can give you on your pot of money 
not just based on interest rates, but based on how long you're likely to live. So the older you are, the bigger the annuity, the annuity that you would be offered. So if you're 75, they'll give you a much bigger figure than they would if you were 70 and, and half as much again, probably, if, if you were 65. If you're 60, you're not going to get as much, no way, because at 60, you could live till 80, 85. So they've got to calculate how long you're going to live, how long you're likely to live. They could take into account your health. If you've been a heavy smoker, if you've got health problems, they'll give you more money because they know you're, you're more likely to die sooner, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a calculation by the actuaries in the insurance company to decide how much they can give that person as an annuity. And it's guaranteed for life. Now, are there other alternatives? Yes, you could you could take a drawdown scheme where your, your returns are not guaranteed, but you may get higher returns initially. You need to discuss these with a financial advisor. And of course, you can move your pot to another company if they'll offer you a better annuity. And most mostly you can get a better deal by moving your money somewhere else by talking to an independent financial advisor. So that's that's basically how it works. Now, when I was uh, dealing with these these types of schemes, people could get, now listen to this, they could get an average return. And I'm just guessing, the, I'm pulling these figures out of my head. It would depend on your age, right? Say a person 65, um, they could get up to 16% return on that annuity. So some with £100,000 could get 16000 a year uh, on on that, that annuity. Today, you'd be lucky to get 5000 You know, you'd be lucky to get 5%. Then it depends on how much your pension is going to increase by. Because if they say, right, we will give you 5000 a year based on your 100000 fund, that's flat. 5000 it doesn't go up. But if you want an increase in that, they will start it off lower. They'll probably say, right, we'll give you 4500 a year going up by 1% or 2% a year. Then if you want a partner included, then it changes the, the dynamics as well. Your income could go down initially because you're building in future rises. So are you with me so far? So, so that's roughly speaking how an annuity works. So because of interest rates becoming lower, returns are lower, income you get from annuities are much lower. So how much would you need to give you a pension a year, an annuity of £50,000 a year? How much would you need? Well, in the old days, you could easily get 10%. So if you had half a million in your fund, you could get 50000 a year. But now, no way. You're going to get half of that at least. So you're probably looking at a million pounds to give you 50000 a year. And that probably wouldn't even include automatic increases or inflation-linked increases and other bells and whistles, right? Uh, or such as guarantees, like some annuities will pay out for five years guaranteed whether you die or not. So there's all these options. But most people don't have a million pounds or anywhere near it in their pension fund. So how how are they going to manage? This is the big question. We're, we're entering into what we call a pensions time bomb. The state can't look after you anymore and people are just not saved enough in their pension fund. So that's, this is why a lot of people are turning to, to buy to let property. They think, well, if, at least I can buy a property. I've got that property there um, and, and I can borrow to buy it so I can use leverage and then the tenant will pay off the mortgage, hopefully. And then by the time... I retire, that, that property will give me a, an income of X amount. So so one typical terrace house might give you a, an income of, say, 20,000 a year. Um, so you might need two or three of those to, to ensure that you're going. And, and, and this is based on the, the sort of London area. If you were further up north, a terrace house might only give you a, a return of 6,000 a year, but it'd be a lot cheaper to buy. So you can get uh, 
better returns on these things. But it's not a passive income. It's not like just giving your money to somebody and saying, right, build that fund up for me and then give me a guaranteed return on my on my money. So it's, it's very different, right? And, and, and a lot of retired people might not want to, to be working to, to look after tenants and this sort of thing and, and dealing with, uh, you know, broken down boilers and, and that sort of thing. So some, some don't mind. Some are quite happy to do that. But, you know, you could build up your own port property portfolio, but would you necessarily want to manage it? Yes, you could sell the property portfolio, but the yield you'd get on the money that's left would, would nowhere near be as, as much as it would be in, in a property where you can get, you know, five, six, seven percent returns or yields on, on your money. So there's there's a lot of options there, a lot of things to think about. And these are the sort of things I've written about in my book um, because people are, are not financially aware. And the key to, to, to building wealth and keeping wealth is financial education. It's to never stop learning. Keep listening to my podcast. Keep listening to my free stuff on, 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 on this channel, whatever you're watching it on. And you can get the, the, the audible version, the audio version on things like iTunes and Stitcher and, and those sort of platforms. Uh, but then keep, keep looking out for reg regular news. Uh, maybe read my book, uh, Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Uh, because believe me, if you if you see an old person and and they haven't got any money, they're not happy. Don't tell me, oh, you know, you can find happiness by meditating. You know, you need money to heat your house. You need to, you know, you don't want to be in a position where you're old and you have to decide whether to heat or eat. And you're going to the house and they've got three jumpers on because they can't afford to heat this big house, right? So you you got to be careful. And this is why a lot of people now are are turning to this massive industry in in what what's called equity release mortgages. You see adverts on telly. They say, oh, my house helped to help to pay for this new car. My home helped pay for this holiday. My home helped pay for this extension. You know, it's not their home helping them for, to pay for it. It's they're borrowing money against their homes. They're taking out a remortgage. They're borrowing money on their home so that when they when they eventually pass it on to their, their heirs, that, that home will be worth less because that's got to be paid off. Sometimes they're called uh, equity release mortgages. Sometimes they're called lifetime mortgages. And, and basically, it's, it's a mortgage that will um, uh, give you, they'll just give you the money. You don't make any repayments on it. It rolls up. So the interest rolls up. Uh, and then whatever's uh, when you retire or when you die, so, sorry, the house is sold and the mortgage is paid off or you could move and pay the mortgage off as well. You can also make repayments on it if you prefer that, that the loan will kept, be kept down. Now, a lot of people are doing this to make ends meet. Some people are doing it actually uh, to, to, to avoid inheritance tax to, to mean that their, their estate will be worth less on death and they can take these mortgages out, these equity release mortgages, and perhaps pass it on to their children or grandchildren to help them buy a property. But in many cases, people are in dire need of these things. So it it, it shows you what a situation is of somebody who worked for 40 years of their life, and then they just haven't got enough money to, to live on. So, so do make sure that you become educated. Talk to your financial advisor if you want advice on it, but, but try and educate yourself. Um, look at my free training that, that I've got coming up there. And I also have a course which you can do, which you can learn all about these things so that you, uh, you, you yourself know this before you go and see your financial advisor. And then the financial advisor is filling in the blanks and finding you the best deal. But you've, you've got to be on the ball so that you know what they're talking about as well. So thanks for listening. And I'm sorry if this doesn't sound like good news for you, but, you know, you really got to think about it. Uh, I know that you need money now. I know that you need to live now. But, you know, when you get to retirement, which for some people might be, you know, 40 years. So you think, oh, retirement, what, what am I worried about retirement? But for other people, it could be 10 or 20 years. And it sounds a long time, 10 years. But if you think about 
10 years in terms of salary payments. What is 10 years? Uh, 12, 12 salary payments a year. So in 10 years, that's 120 salary payments, right? So how much can you save out of each salary payment toward your pension? 20 years is, is only 240 salary payments. How much can you save out of 240 salary payments, right? Think about that. So get yourself educated. Look at my free training and, and start thinking about your future and what you're going to do in the future. Thanks for listening and have a great day and evening, wherever you're listening from. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 